even now, Roy Keane would beat him in a fight. Is, is that fair? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Tony Declan Rice seemed to think so. That's, that's definitely not <laughs> actually already happened or anything. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. The Racing Pod on Off The Ball. And you're welcome to episode eight of The Racing Pod and Off The Ball. John Duggan and Johnny Ward with you. Remember, we're here every Friday with analysis, race previews, tip stories, interviews and a bit of crack. The first half of the pod each week is free to air. The second part exclusively for members. So be sure to sign up by going to offtheball.com forward slash join. For members this week, we will talk about the Patrick Mullins, Danny Mullins spat and preview the Lauders of Nace Novice Hurdle that takes place at Nace on Sunday. So subscribe now for all the juicy info. My racing buddy, Johnny Ward, how are you? Very well, JD. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Johnny. I was at Leopardstown on the last day of the Christmas festival, the 29th, and I was watching the TV at Limerick. You were there doing some interviews. I've never seen a madder race day in a long time. You had... Crazy winners, 16 to 1, 14 to 1, 14 to 1, 50 to 1, and 9 to 1. It seemed every time I was looking at a race, there was a horse being collared by a shepherd's crook and horses coming from the clouds to win. Even a horse called the Graveyard Bookie, one of the best uh, names I've seen for a horse in quite a while. Yeah, like the whole, uh, I know it's your first show back, Judy, since I suppose we're on before Christmas. Um, um, and the Christmas was just fantastic. The fact that um, the racing went ahead across the three Irish meetings was remarkable, really. Um, the ground looked so bad on day one. I was very, very worried. Britain obviously suffered, but like the ground staff deserve a lot of credit. I think we had some incredible performances as well. Like Christmas is really all about racing. Racing is all about Christmas in some respects. And uh, to be there at Limerick one of the days and see the crowds at Leopardstown, the crack that was had. We We'll talk a bit, I think, JD, as well, about the, the, the smallish crowd at Kempton relative to the, the crowds holding up in Ireland. But those who went in Ireland, we saw some amazing performances, as you mentioned, some shocks as well, and uh, really kind of set the um, tone for 2024, I think. Isn't that the year now, 2024? Yeah. It's great to subscribe, and we're bumping ourselves up here because I believe when I was away, you had a nap that won at Christmas. Yeah, my nap is Meeting of the Waters, um, 10 to 1, so no excuses if you didn't get involved. Um, David Jennings' nap actually came third, so if you did an each-way double, you were handsomely paid as well. Um, so, yeah, and uh, I do believe the last time you were on, JD, we didn't do too badly as well. We had a 356 to 1 double. Uh, this is one thing that happens maybe every decade. I didn't have a cent on it myself, um, and that's always <laughs> the way it goes. It was uh, Shambart who I put up for the free-to-air at 18 to 1 in the Beecher Chase, and then Le Patron and the Race of Sandown. We both put that up for members at 20 to 1. So an 18 to 1 and 20 to 1 double. So look, um, we're putting the work in, folks, and like, we'd love you to follow us uh, and, and sign up. But um, what I want to do, Johnny, is maybe pick out five performances over Christmas and New Year, because as you said, there were so many great equine performances. I want to start with um, Galopin des Champs, right? So he is the Gold Cup winner at Cheltenham. He won the Irish Gold Cup last year, uh, obviously beating a Punchestown, um, disappointed in the John Durkin on his seasonal reappearance but at Leopardstown a 23 length win over horses that are decent conflated Jerry Kalam who was seen as the young pretender at Plutard sadly seems to be the light of other days but uh, Paul Tennant got into, into rhythm out jumping uh, in the front of the race in terms of being in the van as it were being out in front got him into a lovely uh, rhythm and the horse was just displaying the form that saw him take everything uh, before him in the big races last year in terms of the Gold Cup at Cheltenham, that which was his big target. So I can't see him being beaten in March. What did you make of it? 
Yeah, you, you asked me to go with five horses uh, in terms of kind of virtuosity performances over uh, the Christmas. You picked five, and um, I'm not being lazy here, but I, I think your five are spot on, and this was one of them. And um, when you when you lose a race twice and um, at short odds as he did at Punchestown, um, obviously either side of the summer, um, and I said this going into Christmas, I thought he was vulnerable, albeit I put up faster slow, who was one of two significant non-runners in the race, but it was still a very good race. It was interesting to see Gordon Elliott doesn't believe Jerry Clon was at his best. That could be true. I mean, if you look at Jerry Kalam, um, he was what a uh, head ahead of Capadano, who's a an eighty to one rated one hundred and fifty eight horse who didn't particularly jump well. So the one proviso I would say is I think um, Galopin Deschamps is probably a little bit flattered, but at the same time he won this um, he won a Grade One by twenty three lengths. Um, he wasn't fully extended, and he just I, I wasn't watching in running Jitty, but I'd say he was just short the whole way. He was really into a rhythm, and I think there were justified concerns after the tough races that he's had. Um, it's very very hard to keep a staying chase on the goal for a long time. He's had 16 starts now. I think there were just five concerns after the last day. I thought he was a little bit flat at Punchstown. Maybe it was a tactical enough race and didn't suit him, but after after um, this performance, which on race and post ratings was right up there with his Gold Cup win, he's right back. Um, although I still think you need a bit of luck to win a Gold Cup, so he's making the price for others if you're that way inclined. Well, I know he stays now. We know he stays because he got the Gold Cup trip last year. Paul Tennant rode him to stay. So it's going to be a more... I suppose a less complicated ride now in the Gold Cup for Galopin des Champs. You give him a bit of daylight, you get him out jumping. I mean, what can go wrong? I, I think that that's definitely a key point. Um, I mean, last year, held up in rear, not fluent fifth. Um, and I remember watching the Gold Cup is an incredible test. Defences just come at you so fast. There are so many of them. You need looking running to ride a horse like that. Paul Townend got it and he beat Braveman's game comfortably. Braveman's game ridden totally differently. I completely agree with you, JD. I think this year, as at point as at Leopardstown, they're going to ride him differently. Just don't don't go too hard, but just keep him out of trouble. And it should it should be um, much more simpler than last year. But as I say, he's a short enough price for the Gold Cup, and maybe we'll put up something later on to beat him. Album photo won two Gold Cups. I think Galapon is better. Uh, I suppose the only thing is, do you run him at the Dublin Racing Festival? I probably wouldn't. I'd probably just bring him straight to Cheltenham now. I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I think Willie Mullins will um, will probably make the right call on that. I mean, at the same time, he's had. Um, it's a couple of starts since April. It's not like he's... and I don't think they're overly worried about Punchstown after um, Cheltenham, so they could probably run him. Um, I, I don't really see a big negative in running between here and the middle of March. Um, now, he might take on faster or slow maybe at the Open Race Festival. We do need these horses coming out as well, JD. I mean, his owner doesn't need the money. Um, the horse is already a Gold Cup winner. He's obviously going back to win the Gold Cup, but let's bring him to Leopardstown. And you know, it's hard to believe Willie Mullins hadn't won the Gold Cup until relatively recently. British racing's in trouble, Johnny. We've said it before. It's in real trouble, I feel, especially on the jumps uh, side of things. Uh, there was 29,000 people at the King George chase to see Desert Orchid in 1991, the Racing Post reported. 11,700 to see Hewitt win there on St. Stephen's Day. 17,000 almost at Leopardstown, a country, what, a twelfth of the size of the UK? Hewitt, uh, who I don't think is... He's a lovely story, lovely, lovely horse. But to be honest, Hugh Quinn in the King George, is that um, really the top form you could be seeing? British racing is really struggling. There's too much racing over there. There's uh, a dearth of quality in terms of their horses. Take Constitution Hill out of it. I don't know what you have. And the reason why I'm saying that is because Ile France, the second horse in picking, is not even going to go to Cheltenham. He's going to go to the Grand Steeplechase to Paris in May. 
Yeah, all of what you said there, it's it's very valid. Um, and if British racing doesn't need it, like it has had an absolute spate of cancellations due to the weather as well. And you see, um, you know, Sandown called off tomorrow. Some of the racetracks, Huntington and Sutherland underwater, Paul Nichols' yard hit bad with it. Like it's been really, really hit hard with cancellations at a time when, um, you know, it, it really kind of needs some good news. Um, there are... You know, you could probably write a book on the demise of British jumps race, and they only had a third of the runners in the Grand National last year trained in Britain. But for for me, um, JD, that Kempton figure was actually quite shocking because you know Irish Irish race course attendances aren't great, but you know it's hard to get people racing now. But the festivals are by and large holding up. And you mentioned good crowds at Leopardstown. Um, I was inundated with requests to get tickets for Leopardstown. I I couldn't get them. Like there was it was it was really really in demand for for Kempton. I thought this King George was an exceptionally, um, not an exceptional renewal, but it was a very good renewal. There was no reason not to go. There was some really good race on the undercard. As far as I recall, the weather wasn't too bad. It was a desperate, desperate crowd. Kempton is struggling to kind of, um, you know, keep, I suppose, the the reputation and the grandeur that it had. But this, for me, was extremely disappointing and kind of alarming as well. Ile Francais, on the other hand, he was exceptional. I love the way James really talks about him, um, and he's the way he's kind of been trained is symptomatic of where British racing is going. But brilliant, brilliant performance from him. Yeah, Ile Francais and Noel George, and I, I, he kind of reminds me a lot of the fellow and Long Run. Uh, these are kind of horses that were suited to three miles going right-handed um, back in the day. Uh, three miles, six furlongs for the Grand Seaple Jays to Parry. I, I think this horse actually wants shorter, but I love the way he, um, you know, just showed that cruising speed, uh, just had the race to bed uh, quite early doors. And he's a really exciting horse, uh, Il est Francais. Yeah, and like Karim is that end who he beat. To be fair, um, he went to short price in the um, in the Ballymore last year. He's, he's, he actually still is a very good horse. I mentioned James Reevely, obviously he's jockey. James Reevely comes from like proper proper national hunt northern stock, and the fact that Noel George has is training this horse the way he is is it's just reflective of the way that British racing has gone. That um, the opportunities um, to, for in terms of prize money in that are poor, and British racing in general in the, the northern circuit, southern racing, southern racing and the whole British racing circuit, it's difficult to get um, to get bang for your buck, really. And the owners are kind of immigrating out of the country. A lot of them come to Ireland. Interesting interviews out of Gavin Cromwell in the race post today about targeting um, the British meets. And Ile Francais, he's only six, just turned six. Um, he's a very, very good horse. And it'd be great to see him at some stage take on the Irish because, as you mentioned, he's not likely to go to Cheltenham. My third horse that I'm picking is Grange Clare West, uh, finally living up to the hype. Cost 430,000 sterling. Ever Chiefly Park stood, went off the rails in his novice hurdle campaign, got his act together though over fences in spectacular fashion at Leopardstown. Jumps and gallops like he hammered good yardsticks. Corbett's Cross, Favre de Champ du Florian Porter, former Stairs hurdle winner. I think uh, I'd rate him ahead of fact to file. Grange Clare West is one for me for Cheltenham. Yeah, as you mentioned, JD, the start in the second half show, we're going to talk about the Lawlers um, of Nace Hotel, uh, Lawlers Hotel uh, race in Nace on the Sunday, and it just keeps throwing up good horses. This lad was sent off 15 days. I remember uh, in January, there was a lot of chat about him. He was beaten by Cham Kiley. He was well beaten on the day, beaten 11 lengths. He goes to Shelton then, and uh, I goes to Leopardstown, rather, beaten 21 lengths. I thought, like, is the hype going to be true about this horse? He's been absolutely brilliant over fences, and this was a proper performance. Corbett's cross for me, like, he was 10 lengths clear of flooring port. And he was beaten, well, well beaten by the winner. Um, and I was wondering with Corbett's cross, was he going to be in love with the trip on really, really testing ground? I kind of think he pretty much ran his race. He's this not a natural. Absolute... He doesn't strike me as a natural over fences, Corbett's cross. The winner does. Yeah. 
Yeah, it could be. And obviously he had his, his blip at Cheltenham last year. There could be a bit of that. But he still beat Flooring Porter 10 lengths. Flooring Porter going the right way. And he's going straight to Cheltenham now. And they think they have a chance. Um, and, you know, Grange Clare West performance. If you back this horse at 4-1, to one, you're thinking all your Christmases literally came at once. It was an unbelievably good performance. Lives up to the hype. I didn't see any fluke about it at all. He's a natural jumper. Beautiful looking horse. And can't wait to see him at Cheltenham. I'm leaving uh, Gaelic Warrior and Factofile out of my five here that you agree with. Marie National is my fourth one. Six wins out of six. Supreme Novice Hurdle winner, as we know from last year, Cheltenham. I thought to myself, first run of the season, desperate ground, deep ground. He was brilliant. He jumped cleverly. This could be one of the great champion chasers of the future if he stays sound. Marie National, Barry Connell knows he's got the best horse he's ever had. Yeah, you're, you're on about the horse you're leaving out. We'll talk more about Gaelic Warrior in the second half of the show. He could definitely have been brought in, but kind of he or, he's already done that in terms of his maiden chase performance. But this was right up there for me, Nacional. I laid this horse on the basis that the ground was... He, was he supposed to want uh, nice ground? His pedigree and all that is kind of um, for nicer ground. And they were worried in the Royal Bond last season that the ground was too soft for him. I was looking at the ground in the 27th. It was given a soft um, on the chase track. But it looked absolutely desperate. I'm almost certain that he was going too fast. Um, I think Michael O'Sullivan didn't didn't intend to ride him at all like this and I'm speculating a bit but he was just so fresh in himself and he was jumping so boldly he and Fede Brazil went on together and Fede Brazil couldn't jump as well as he was jumping even though he wasn't too bad at the fences himself Marina Nacional was essentially so good he soon kind of careered off and I suppose the one caveat was oh my lord I thought was still travelling okay but he ends up beating firm footings who was an 8-1 to one shot um, by 8.5 lengths after going too hard on ground that almost certainly wasn't ideal for him on his first go over fences and don't, don't like uh, let the name kind of throw you here this was basically uh, you know a grade 2 or grade 1 masquerading as beginner's chase he was utterly exceptional it was a, it was a wow performance for me Barry Connolly you got to remember Barry has invested a lot of money in racing he was desperately unlucky with our Connor there was a while when it looked like he was a bit jinxed in terms of the bad luck he was having now that he's training and he has good horse and a good team behind him I genuinely think we're dealing with one of the superstars my lifetime here I thought he was exceptional and um, I'm just gutted I didn't back him for the Arca when he was 5-1 last year This was World War 1 ground in the trenches at Leopardstown that day from what I was looking at it and from the, the comfort of my own room at home uh, the last one I'm going to pick is Irish Point in the colours of Brian Atchison Rob Corr uh, this horse to me is maturing um, I think the talent is there he beat a Francais in a flat race uh, in France and then he lost by a head to Marie National in the Royal Bond at Ferry House last season and then he went off the ball. He came back at entry one there, ran all the way to the line in the stairs hurdle trial, the Jack de Bromhead Christmas hurdle at Leopardstown. Um, I feel he's got more scope than their other runner, uh, Tiupu, in the same colours, same stable, Gordon Elliott. I really like this Irish point. Absolutely, JD. Yeah, he's um, by Joshua Tree, who um, wouldn't have had that many horses on the ground. And as you mentioned, now the same connections have these two exceptional stairs. And David Jennings was really sweet on on Irish points um, in our conversation before. Uh, Christmas. I wasn't entirely sure that he'd get the trip, um, certainly not as easily as he did on ground. There was This was heavy ground as well on the 28th. Um, again, it was very demanding. I suppose you could say Buddy One didn't run his race, was pulled up home by the knee. I was very disappointed in him, beating 20 lengths um, for a horse. They changed the tactics with him and um, he didn't necessarily look happy. He started rallying then coming into the straight, but he ended up being legless sort of jump in the last, beating 20 lengths for a horse that, you know, won the race last year. Having said that, there's no way he would have beaten Irish Point. He cantered through the conclusively showed he stayed um, and again I might be getting ahead of myself here but I think we're dealing with a proper proper staying prospect I think it could be a really really good stare for the year 
years to come. We haven't had one of them since the era of kind of big books and, you know, the English Reaver days where we had these really, really established, brilliant staying hurdlers. Irish Point was five years old. He's six years old now. He's completely a blank um, slate, really, over the, over the three miles. Ridden with a lot of confidence, absolutely no issue going back on better ground. Won on good to soft at entry last year. And this goes to show, I mean, what could he actually be in terms of um, a staying prospect? Um, the dam was actually a chase winner as well. Where are they going to go with him? But for me, he will take the, take all the beating, I think, at Cheltenham. I don't think I've ever backed the winner of that race, the Stars Hurdle. It's my bogey race. Is it your bogey race? Do you have a bogey race? Um, most races are bogey race for me, but the <laughs> stairs, the stairs hurdle, yeah, like um, the Grand National be my bogey race. I don't think I've ever backed the winner of the Grand National stairs hurdle. I backed, um, I, I would have backed sort of winners in. I backed big bucks one of the years when he was a short price, probably to kind of get out of jail on the day. But um, I, I think it's kind of been a race in recent years that just hasn't had a, hasn't really had a star. You know, Florin Porter is a decent horse, but it, 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 it's kind of made for a horse to break through. I think we found that at Cheltenham or at Leopardstown rather. We're going to, before we go to the member section, naps of the year. It's so goodwill feeling of 2024 and all that kind of thing. And we had such a great Christmas at Leopardstown and Limerick and all that and Kempton. So I'm going to go with City of Troy uh, for uh, the 2000 Guineas and Epsom Derby double. You can get 11 to 4, uh, almost 3 to 1 on that. Make mine a double J and we're going to get your horse as well for the double each way double. Um, just the quotes made in O'Brien after he won the Dewhurst Stakes at Newmarket last year of this two-year-old city of Troy. I've never seen a horse that doesn't get tired. He goes again, go into the line again. I've never seen a horse where we don't know where the limit is. We usually push them to the limit. We can never find his limit. He's done it the hard way as well. Uh, that was in terms of running that in front, but he would be delighted to get a lead. There's no doubt he's the best two-year-old I've trained. This horse, to me, is the best horse I've seen from a two-year-old uh, since Frankel. He quickens clear. He's got a devastating turn of foot. If he stays, I think the world is his oyster. I think we need a star in flat racing. I think this could be the horse, City of Troy. Yeah, I'll go against you with the Derby for the, with Diego Velasquez, who I think is going to be overpriced on the base of he's run the last year heavy. But uh, I did an interview in the currency with Ed O'Brien over the Christmas. Spoke about the city of Troy, and he spoke very, very favorably about him. All is going well, and uh, I think he'll take a lot of beating the Guineas. I'm going to go for a sporting one. Um, maybe the heart rule in the head a bit, but um, I'm going to go with Gentleman's Game for the Gold Cup. Uh, Mouse Mars's horse was one horse that didn't. Um, he decided to sidestep uh, Christmas. I actually think this might work out okay because the ground was really bad. I think Mouse will be smiling and uh, come. Cheltenham obviously already beat Brave Man's game uh, in his seasonal comeback. Um, he's very unexposed. I think he's a lot of class. And um, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, a certain horse is making the market for the others in the Gold Cup. So that would be a nice double, JD, that double uh, treble, they say, that uh, the two of us have. 25 to 1 each way for Gentleman's game, who trained by a legend in Mass Mars, who knows how to get one ready for a big race, as he did with War of Attrition in the Gold Cup back in 06. Uh, this is the Racing Pod and Off the Ball. If you're listening to the free version of the podcast, we'll be leaving you here. But if you're looking for more, including our analysis of the Lauders of Nace Novice Hurdle at the Kildare track on Sunday, and a look ahead to action as well at Cork this weekend, go to offtheball.com forward slash join to subscribe and get the full podcast every Friday with all of our racing tips, insights and stories from the week's action. The Racing Pod on Off The Ball.